I built this kingdom up from nothing. When I started here, all I was was a swamp. Well, the king said I was daft to build a castle on a swamp. But I built it all the same, just to show them. It sank into the swamp. So, I built a second one. That sank into the swamp. So I built a third one. That burned down, fell over, then sank into the swamp. But the fourth one stayed up. And that's what you're going to get, lad. The strongest castle in these isles. But I don't want any of that. I'd rather... Rather what? I'd rather just... Start back. You're not going into a song while I'm here. Welcome to Is It Really? Is It Really? It's only a model. The podcast that challenges popular opinions about movies. I'm King Brandon. I'm Sir Zach. And I'm Three-Headed Mitch. And tonight we're on a quest to answer this question. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Cult classic or just sketchy? Zach, why don't you give us the synopsis for Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Here we go. King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table are on a quest for the Holy Grail. Hilarity ensues. So this is a classic comedy. What are some other comedies in this vein? There's nothing I, like it. I don't I don't know what I would compare this to, honestly. I, I think of some of the Mel Brooks movies. Uh, Blazing Saddles comes to mind, and that, that's a Western with kind of like some sketchy moments, but nothing that kind of goes as hard into each scene is its own full entity. So like old and problematic, you know? <laughs> right. Well, I think the thing that Monty Python has is you could literally just show people a scene from this movie and it would translate whereas blazing saddles mm. there'd probably have to be a lot of like here's the subtext here's the this here's the that whereas like i was saying each scene is like a little short in and of itself i think where i would draw the connection between those movies is they're just like silly with a yes. capital s or like modern comedies i feel like there there's not enough license to just be silly anymore like it has to be more jaded or something. I don't know. Um, I, I think these movies uh, emphasize silliness, and I like that. Me too. Yeah, I would push back a little bit. I don't think the scenes are evergreen in this movie. Huh. Excuse me? Interesting perspective. Oh. So this, is, so this was my mm. first watch through, and I felt like I was missing something. Like there was a vital piece of information that I wasn't privy to at some point. Like I didn't, parts of it, like I didn't get the joke. Internet? You know, like. Get them. <laughs> no, and, that, and that's, the, that's the first thing I did was I said, what are, the, what are the critics, or I looked up, what are the critics saying about this movie, or what did they say about this movie? And it has rave reviews. Yeah. Everyone loves it. So I realize I'm in the minority. It's I listed on many lists as like the best comedy of all time. Absolutely. Absolutely. No movie makes me laugh as hard as this movie. And I think that is probably how a lot of people feel about this. I wonder if there is like a level of mob mentality or peer pressure or something going on like the first time you see this and how it's like all in the context of 
when you saw it, how you saw it the first time, who you were with, the circumstances. The first time I saw this was at my friend's 10th birthday party with all of his buddies. And we laughed a lot. First time I saw this yeah. was after when I was 14 years old, my first musical, The Pirates of Penzance. We went to a theater party with all the dorky theater kids. And what, what do you do at a dorky theater kid party? You watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail, baby. And Brandon was cool in high school, so we never saw this. Uh, those are two. Those are two stories, buddy. That, that, that cannot proves speak for my everyone point. Well, that's else. our sample size. That's my sample size. <laughs> three you three people. or okay. us? Us three. <laughs> yes, yes. So you two both watched the movie for the first time with people. I wonder what the state of your heart was when you first watched this movie. I hey, listen. I'm totally open. Let's put me on the couch here and and dig deep and into my in my mental state. Did like, Spider-Verse teach us nothing? It's just a leap of faith, Brandon. That's all it is. You just got to close your eyes go. and and that's it. Let the silliness in. That's that's all. It's just cuz it's funny cuz like I feel like I knew a lot of people like maybe like 10 years ago when when I was starting to get into the office for the first time who were like, "Oh, so cringy. I can't watch it." And now yeah. they're like very into it. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah the office is great. And I think like if you rewatch Monty Python with time, you're going to feel in on the joke now. That I think so, too. I think only having one watch through under my belt and the first time being completely alone and never did, never have I felt more alone <laughs> when I was when I was watching this movie. Your kids would have loved it. <laughs> I think there's a couple things working against me here. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I can totally see why people love it. There's evidence of it on the internet. I know you two love it. I think if if I had watched it with you two my first time, I think I would have probably had a much better experience. I'm just saying my first walk, watch through wasn't great. Sure. But I can see, I can at least recognize what people love. Let's talk about favorite lines. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I actually do have a couple favorite lines that there was a couple things that I like doubled over with. This is the surprise I, of my life. <laughs> I think I think when the and you know what? Here's the first my first problem. I'm not going to know everyone's name or any of that. But there's a there's a fellow who's being held captive by his father. He shoots an arrow out the window and then the guy's <laughs> servant takes it and takes it in the chest. And he's like message for you, sir. Like as, as he's going down to the ground. That was hilarious. Yeah. That was really funny. I just love that his name's Concord. No, no, sweet Concord. Rest here. You shall not die in vain. <laughs> I, I think I might pull through, sir. Oh. Um, one of my... See, I like... I've seen this movie so many times yeah. that the things that make me laugh are not jokes. They're, yes, it's inflections. Like, there's the scene where after they bring the shrubbery to the knights who say knee, where the one says to them, uh, you must bring us another shrubbery. And King Arthur goes, not another shrubbery. And then he goes, and after that, you <laughs> must cut down the mightiest tree in the forest with a herring. Like, that line's okay, but when he goes, <laughs> we shall do no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> just, Which is not the joke. But it makes me laugh so hard. It used to be your ringtone, so whenever <laughs> you would get a text, you would hear, we shall do no such thing in the middle of the office, and it yeah. always made me laugh. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's like, I, it's not even the shrubbery part of that line that makes me laugh. It's after where he goes, I like the laurels yeah. particularly. <laughs> like it's the little, it's the little throwaways yeah. that are. Um, I also love, oh, I love when they're trying to see if the woman's a witch and they put her on the scale with a duck yeah. and she just goes, it's a fair cop. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way King Arthur says a duck with such Who are nobility. You? Who is so wise in the ways of science. That whole scene, she turned me into a newt. A newt. A newt. I got that. And it's the way he like looks around. He looks around sheepishly for. What that. else floats yeah, in so water? Good. Bread. Apples, uh, very small rocks. <laughs> Churches. Man, great, great. Uh, the, the one dude is chewing on his, like, stick yeah. or something. Like, they're just so, it's the little background stuff that's yeah. so good. In this Another case. line that I, I love that I will sometimes quote is when the bride's father is dying. And they're doing the, oh, he might pull through, sir. And he keeps, like, amending his speech. And finally, he's like, he's going to make it. And he, like, nods at his knight. And he goes... When our own father seemed as though he was about to recover, felt the icy hand of death. <laughs> he died. <laughs> yeah, they do the like you're dying get a bit over and over again. Uh, like on the beginning of the movie at the cart too. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I'm happy. You know, they. I wonder if there's a level of nihilism in this film. Oh yeah, I don't think the Monty Python boys like religion too much they they take their they take god and their crosshairs quite a bit when they did life of brian the whole thing is they wanted to make fun of jesus and this is like a true story from the documentary that they made they said like that was our goal and then when we read the bible we were just like oh everything jesus said is sound it's his followers mm -hmm. now so why don't we just make a movie about like people taking things and twisting them into something else so mob mentality dogmatism exactly, yeah. yeah which is funny because like my favorite line is them taking the name of the lord in vain when, when the rabbit bites the guy's head <laughs> every off every time that they're oh, afraid it makes me laugh i want i warned you it's, it's when the cow comes flying over the, the wall first right time. several times the best one when the rabbit comes later yeah the best one there's no line in this movie that i don't like you fight with the strength of many men, Sir Knight. I am Arthur, King of the Britons. I seek the finest and the bravest knights in the land to join me in my court at Camelot. You have proved yourself worthy. Will you join me? You make me sad. So be it. Come, Patsy. None shall pass. What? None shall pass. I have no quarrel with you, good Sir Knight, but I must cross this bridge. Then you shall die. I command you, as King of the Britons, to stand aside. I move for no man. So be it. Well, I love how the choreography is just clearly... I'm just swinging swords at each other. <laughs> there is no choreography. So, there was a group of guys that were in my class in high school who were obsessed with yes. this movie. And we we had something we had something called Spirit Week and like every day was like a different thing yeah. that we would dress up. We'd had like a medieval day one year and their whole yeah, group 
dressed up as different characters of the Monty Python, and then one of them was Patsy with walking around with coconuts and you know the <laughs> Galahad, and I'm sure one of them was like the the Black Knight. But so like I, there are pieces of this that I'm familiar with. Like mm-hmm. I remember the the ra- hearing about the rabbit and hearing about the Black Knight getting all of his limbs cut off. And a couple different <laughs> scenes that I did chuckle when I saw them because I was like, this is what those guys were like freaking out about all those years <laughs> ago. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, because like every comedy nerd in high school just quoted this like all the time. Like it was a yeah. secret. It was like a secret language. You had to like prove you were up on your Monty Python, your recent SNL skits that were coming right. out like. I didn't have a personality. I just was able to quote Monty Python really well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was insufferable. Right. Well, apparently I was a bro because I was uh, quoting Adam Sandler. Did you have friends in high school, Brandon? So. <laughs> you were a yes, bro. I had friends Brandon in high school. Brandon was just walking around. <laughs> oh. So this is a hilarious film that, to some. But one could say that it's light on plot and story. Does that matter? Is this a movie or just a great collection of bits? Is this a movie? Our, our old go-to for if we don't like it's it. It's not a movie. It's, it's not, not a movie. Because <laughs> it's not good, yeah. so it's not a movie. Whew. I don't know. So, oh, go, go ahead. You're fine. <laughs> so to me, it does play a little bit like the best of John Cleese or the best of, that's the only actor's name that I know, like like a best Michael of Will Ferrell, Palin. a best of Tracy Morgan. Eric yeah. Idle. I, I'm only familiar Graham with Chapman. With John Cleese from. Terry Jones. The, well, thank you. Terry Gilliam. <laughs> the look of right self-righteousness on Zach's <laughs> he, face as he said he is, <laughs> He's giving it to me right now, yeah. Yeah, I, I think like structurally I agree with you, Brandon. Like it, it doesn't necessarily have a big like through line or plot going on but i think so much of what the monty python guys did is about like stuff surprising you stuff subverting your expectations so a lot of the meta exhausting comedy stuff we have to sit through now like deadpool and stuff i feel like we owe in some part it to the monty python and what they did with like it's commenting on like movies in general you know what i mean the big thing is the first 20 minutes of this movie is Let's get to Camelot. Let's go to Camelot. And it seems like a movie where they're going to go to Camelot. And then we get to Camelot. We see a song. And then we get, on second thought, let's not go to Camelot. And then it's, all right, all of us are going to go on a quest for a whole, for the Holy Grail. And then immediately they split up. So I think the fun thing about this movie is the fact that is that it's subverting tropes, kind of. You're expecting, like, oh, we're going to get this. Literally, the end of the movie, you think you're going to get a fight scene and the police show up and arrest everyone. <laughs> yeah. It's a literal <laughs> right. cop-out. Which is right. It's so so I would say in that, like, I think it's very well written. And all these guys are going for it. No one is phoning it in. They're all playing multiple characters. It doesn't seem like anybody is here for, like, a paycheck or, like, that anyone's, you know, just giving half. Everybody is all in all the time. And I think that's what actually makes this a great movie and not just a collection of bits. Because you could watch the scenes on YouTube, but when you get the whole enchilada, boy, is it delicious. Mm. An apt analogy, Zach. Thank you. I'm just... I just, for a second, compare it to other movies that were birthed from 
comedy sketches like Blues Brothers and yeah. Wayne's World. Yeah. Which so for those are, like those I'm just, are both yeah. good movies. So I'm gonna put my. I'm card. I'm I saying though, yeah. like those seem more like complete movies to me than this I would does. disagree. I think if you are up on your Wayne's World lore from SNL or your Blues Brothers lore from SNL, those movies are stronger. I don't think you have to know a thing about the Pythons, and this movie still works. I also feel like they they did a lot of work to shoot this film well, yeah. right? Like yeah. the opening scene where Arthur's going through the crappy, muddy kind of alley, and you see the peasants who are dying and stuff. They give a lot of attention to detail to make sure that those characters look gross and awful. So I like I feel like they shoot this to movie. To the chagrin of the cast, by the way, Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones teamed up to direct the movie and Terry Gilliam you know he went on to do movies like Brazil and 12 Monkeys very very stylistic movies and he was just really obsessed with getting the shots and making the movie look good and all the guys were just like we just want to be funny and like moving forward they only had Terry Jones direct and those movies like they're still very funny but they're not as good so I think Gilliam really mm. brought like it looks like a medieval movie yeah, but I agree with you, Brandon. The other movies you mentioned, they have more of a something. It's more of a traditional plot structure. There's a narrative going on there, and this one is it's it's more loosely strung together. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think I'm referring as much to how funny Wayne's World is, right? And you know, more to like how it's how it's laid out and. Yeah, there's a billion. Movies based on skits, MacGruber, yes. Hot Rod, you know, and those all feel like more traditional. Night at the Roxbury and yeah, Superstar, yeah, yeah. yeah they're they're I movies. Think, I think but um, they're nowhere as good right. as this. I and I'm not saying I and that's yeah. I think that's my point. I'm yeah. not saying I disagree with that. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying they feel more like movies than this does. Arthur movie? Sure. Yeah. yeah. The answer is yes. The Sword in the Stone is good. I like Camelot. If you're an old musical theater nerd, there are not a lot of good King Arthur movies. King Arthur sucks. Excuse me. Ooh. There are not. Ooh. All right. Lay one on me. Let's just let's just point out a couple. All right. First night with Sean Connery and Richard Gere. What? Good night. <laughs> is more like it. A night in King Arthur's a kid in King Arthur's Next. court. Yeah, okay. that's pretty good. No, that's pretty good. So a movie that I did actually like at one point in my life was the 2004 King Arthur with Clive Owen and Mads Mikkelsen and Keira Knightley. And Ray Weinstone. Here's the thing that I'll say about that movie. Yes. That movie is, I'm not going to call it a hot pile of garbage, but I'm going to say that movie is I will. a lot of boring stuff and then a cool fight on the ice. And then a cool fight scene at the end. Like a really, really cool, like two really, really cool fight scenes. I feel the same way about King Arthur that I feel about Robin Hood. Everyone's always trying to do like mm -hmm. the true story. And I don't care. Just give me a good version mm -hmm. of the story that I like. King Arthur, 
is like kind of a fun, cool story with magic wizards and fights and crazy things. And Robin Hood is like a fun episodic book that would be a cool like Netflix series, but everyone keeps trying to do the legend you know, the story you don't. Who cares? This is the best King Arthur. Yeah, I'm kind of jaded because I, the in college, took this class on like uh, medieval literature, and it was like, oh, this was the time when we started writing poems about how women are gems and stuff. I'm like Arthurian chivalry crap. I just hate it. I hate. Yeah. I hate the all of it. Like in a modern context. So that's why I like Monty Python the best because it right. mocks it. It shows how ridiculous it is. Brave Sir Robin, get his guts pulled out. I'm like, yeah, this is a stupid, you know, you know, it's it is worthy of what being lampooned. Sound? Galahad the Pure getting seduced in four minutes, right? It's it's like these yeah. pillars of the Arthurian chivalry genre are stupid. I do well, love when the well, uh, what do you call the man that's singing behind minstrel. Sir Robin? He has a so no, the, when the no, it's a bard. No, right? they, they were forced to a, eat it's, Robin's it's, minstrels. It's like a bard. There was much rejoicing <laughs> in the frozen right, land. Of Nador. It does seem like he does seem like he's a bard, but I do like when it gets starts getting like a little, and he he keeps turning around and looking at him like every time he says something kind of worse, and it kind of gets a little worse and just a little bit more yeah. worse, and he's like, and then he's finally like, all right, all right, all right, that's a, that's enough, enough. <laughs> that's enough sucking. <laughs> Brave Sir Robin ran away. No, Bravely ran away. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Here's the other thing that I'll say too. I feel like I don't know. Uh, how to how to say this but <laughs> i think about graham chapman and i think about how after he passed away the the python said we can't do another movie because we don't have graham chapman and i think about him in this movie and he's very much playing the straight man but he's still yeah. like to me so funny because again he's committing so hard to this king arthur role like for as silly as it's gonna sound when i close my eyes and think of king arthur i think of graham chapman's king arthur he makes me laugh right. the most uh often and I in feel this like, movie because he's just really good and i feel like movie. him in a more serious arthur movie i feel like he could have pulled it off but he just didn't have the any interest and they're like no i want to be funny yeah because i don't want any more serious arthur movies who yeah. needs them They don't really make comedies like this anymore. Why? Okay, so do you feel like they don't make satires anymore? Like in, in film or like in general? I would say cause... in film and at this level, I don't feel like they do. Maybe as effectively? Yeah, maybe, because like when you say there's no satire, like to me, like immediately I just go to late night TV. Sure, that's sure, sure. all it is. It is only satire. So I feel inundated with it. I just, I feel like a couple of big things, mainly the only things that I can really identify, sink my teeth into. Now we are faced with big budgets, big production value, big names. You know, we need big comedians. And I think what Monty Python has going for it is this, this troupe, these, this comedian group has worked together and they're just having a blast making this movie. Comedies that come out these days aren't funny because it's like, well, we gotta we gotta land Kevin Hart, or we gotta land, you know, and he's gotta be paired with like The Rock, and that way 
his stuff's funnier because it's like the rock's big and he's small and he's crazy and the rock's serious you know it's like yeah that's boring we've seen that a thousand times it needs to make a lot of money and it needs to meet all these you know check all these boxes you know a big difference between those two though uh they wrote a script for monty python and then they rewrote 90 percent of it and almost every joke in the movie actually i think i've heard every joke in the movie was yeah. written where Kevin Hart movies and Will Ferrell movies, they go in and they just shoot the breeze and like it's an inverse. It's like 90 percent of it is yeah. improvised. And, yeah. and I will die on this hill that I think written jokes work. They yeah. just work better. This movie, these guys were all big names like their show was was huge. And this movie they made for less than a million dollars. Like, there's stories about, like, they had to shoot at all these different castles because, like, they weren't allowed to go into some of them and they needed different angles and they just couldn't have them. Like, they shot this movie on the cheap and you don't, I don't know, I feel like budget filmmaking, you don't get this level of comedy and you wouldn't get this level of stardom in your movie either. I think there's a lot of great comedies being made today on shoestring right. budgets. I don't think that's like a big but, uh, shift. But what I'm saying is you don't get, I forget how many of them, there's like six or seven, right? You don't get six or seven of like the biggest names in comedy in your movie that cost less than a million bucks. All right, I want to push back on the idea that they're, th th this is very different from movies being made today sure. though. Absurdist humor is still really popular. Meta comedies yes. are still really popular. It is not night and day different from things being made today. Like I mentioned, like, you know, Deadpool, South Park, Simpsons, like they are all pulling from the bag of tricks that Monty Python yes. created. So yeah. all of that stuff still exists. And like particularly like with absurdist humor, I think it's really interesting. Like they've written that like Gen Y like the people who are a little bit younger than me and scare me, they're more into absurdist humor than right. ever before because of, you know, like economic uncertainty and the changing fast pace of the internet. It's made like the comedy landscape change to uh, frenetic, chaotic snippets of comedy now. Uh, like I'm thinking of like the uh, Tim and Eric and uh, shows like that that are just like weird and surrealist. And you're like, oh, but it's funny. Uh, mm -hmm. And that does owe a debt to like Monty Python, but it's not gone. It's not dead. It's still, you know, definitely around. This isn't a movie, but Mitch, when you bring that up, I, you know, I think of like the Book of Mormon, which is a very, which has some great songs, some great dancing in the show, but it's very, very silly. And I, I just, I love silly stuff. I wish there were more just like purely silly things. And it does satirize religion and stuff uh the way that you're wanting you know so i think it's that stuff still exists it's just maybe in in different places there's a great quote by dickens that says i uh, feel an earnest and humble desire uh to increase the stock of harmless cheerfulness uh which i've always been drawn to like he was a pretty good writer uh and i <laughs> And I, I ripped that off someone's Twitter account, uh, Justin Hoops McElroy. But I, I just, uh, I really do think that more just like harmlessly silly things make the world a better place. Especially in this very angry time, especially mm -hmm. in our country. I think you're right. We probably could use more installments from the pythons and i think there is something here like i've kind of been downplaying uh the way i feel or the way i felt watching this the first time you know and just kind of 
whatever Shame. about it. Blase, <laughs> a little blase about how it, but I do feel like it is something that could grow on me where, you know, uh, something like a central intelligence, something like that would <laughs> is something that would never grow on me that it, it just sure. would not. But Brandon, in all honesty, like all joking aside, this podcast was founded upon you shouldn't have to feel weird about your weird movie opinions. Yeah. And, you know, I think that this is part of where the discussion takes place. I think a big thing is that Monty Python is something that gets passed around. And that's mm. what's caused it to live on is people, you know, really sharing it and really loving it. And I, I like what you said about maybe this watch wasn't for me, but it's something that could grow on me. And I think that with comedy, a lot of times, if it doesn't land for you the first time, there isn't that desire to, to go back yeah. and and try again. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it's pretty telling, and maybe it's just because you've been surrounded by so many fans of it. Yeah. But it's you know telling that you're saying, but it is something that I could see growing on me. You know what I think it is? I love social commentary and like observationist comedy. And I think there is like a level of social commentary happening in this movie that I'm not picking up on right now because it was kind of like a I'm not going to keep addressing my watch through blaming it all on the watch through. But like I was but like I was I, I feel like I was a little rushed, you know, like I was trying to, you know, it was basically like work to me. And there is like a lot of like hmm. deeper things happening here. And I wasn't taking the time to really dig into those and, and sink my teeth into them. I think there is probably a lot of like commentary elements happening that I am missing. Yeah. To be fair, also, there is a I don't want to keep talking about the hocus pocus episode but there is kind of a level of i'm sitting down to watch this to talk about it on a podcast there's that and then there's also i'm sitting down to watch this movie to have a delightful experience yeah. and i think that that is something that definitely plays into that mitch thought mm -hmm. i was gonna say something mean yeah i was <laughs> quick to judge mitch Quick to I'll, judge. I'll be ready to help, accept help. your confession when you've come to I'm being repressed. <laughs> That's a dead giveaway right there. <laughs> oh, you saw it, didn't he? <laughs> so good. That's going to do it for our episode on Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Thank you for joining us. We would love to hear your opinion on our episode or any other movie-related topic. So if you haven't already, hop on over to our Facebook page and join the conversation. We can be found at the Is It Really Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a little spare time and you like what you hear, we would love it if you would take a minute to rate and review our podcast. We appreciate your support. Well, next week is Thanksgiving, and in the spirit of this wonderful holiday, we sat down and discussed one of the all-time great food-related movies, Chef. Join us as we unpack the role cooking and food can play in our families. We'll see you then. Brandon, my favorite line was uh, when they said the movie's over now. <laughs> Suspiciously quiet you know, over there, go Sharp. You gonna roll that? You gonna was roll that? Was that the clip? only line you enjoyed, Brandon? <laughs> there was one other one. <laughs>
You yes. want to hear it now? Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so I like when Sir Galahad is being tempted in the castle by all of the. <laughs> Of By course, that's your favorite line, no, Because, no, it's because he's like, he's Sir Galahad the Pure or something at the one chaste, point. Like, yeah. Well, at that moment, he becomes Sir Galahad mm -hmm. the Chaste. And I think that that yeah. is pretty funny. That, yeah. that made me laugh. Because I know his like name kind of changes throughout, but during that scene, he's like, I'm yeah. the Chaste. And I'm Zoot, just Zoot, which is a nice yeah. subtle. <laughs> I am not Chaste. Here we go. <laughs> 